0: What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. There's two types of news that happened in August in the NBA. There's frivolous and there's depressing. Unfortunately, today, it's depressing. DeMarcus Cousins tore the ACL on his left knee, uh, almost certainly ending this season for him and putting the 29-year-old's career in jeopardy. Uh, That's what I want to talk about in the first segment is just that news, what it means for the league, what it means for DeMarcus Cousins. Um, It's the big news of the day in the NBA. It's unavoidable, so we have to discuss it. Uh, In the second and third segments, I want to play you more of the interview I did with uh, Blazers TV analyst Lamar Hurd. Uh, Talk a little about where the Blazers fit in the NBA um, after a busy offseason, uh, this was recorded before the Cousins injury. We don't really touch on him a little bit, but we do talk about the Lakers and not mention that injury. So um, this was this we, I recorded this interview about a week ago. So uh, it's still fresh, still totally relevant, and, and some interesting stuff from insight from a guy who's um, you know sees every game up close and personal. But uh, but it was it is a week late, so we don't have the, the that interview does not include the Cousins news. So that's why I'm going to drop it here first. So according to a couple different sources, Adrian Wojnarowski, Shams Trania, and then eventually confirmed by DeMarcus Cousins' agent to a variety of news outlets, DeMarcus was, Cousins was working out in Las Vegas on Monday uh, when he had to leave the court when he felt like he bumped knees. I believe there's been video released since then that suggests that he did not bump knees, that it was a non-contact injury. I am not someone who watches injury videos, so if that is something you want to do to confirm whatever it is you need to confirm, go look for it on the internet. It exists. Uh, For me, that's not what I need to do. But this continues just just a, a brutal string of bad luck in a left leg that quite frankly has cost to Marcus Cousins 200 million dollars and perhaps his entire basketball career. In January 2018 when he was playing for the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Cousins collapsed collapsed on the baseline, tearing his left Achilles and ending his season and his uh, and his tenure with the with the New Orleans Pelicans. He was going to enter that offseason and be a max player. Uh, when he tore his Achilles, he was if he wasn't The best center in the NBA. He was one of the guys on the list of, is he the best center in the NBA at that age? He was, I think, not yet 28. He was 27 years old. Entering free agency after kind of wallowing with the Kings for a little bit. He was fantastic with the Kings, but obviously never made the playoffs. That Pelicans team made it to the second round. uh, Kind of in part because they changed their style once Cousins went down, but that's neither here nor there, really. The point is that he suffered a brutal injury in that left leg. And what that caused him to do was instead of enter the summer and sign this massive deal, he signed like what essentially amounted to a one-year prove it deal. He signed for the taxpayer mid-level exception with the Golden State Warriors. worth about 5 million bucks. Um, and they went to the NBA finals, but, and, and he got to play. He participated in the NBA finals, but he participated in the NBA finals as, as someone who wasn't quite whole. Um, after returning from the Achilles injury and playing kind of spot minutes, he started, but he wasn't he wasn't soaking up big heavy minutes for the Warriors. But in Game Two of the first round series against the uh, Los Angeles Clippers, early on in that game, maybe four or five minutes into the game, he suffered a torn left quadriceps injury. Um, kind of just same kind of non contact thing. He's going has the ball near the sideline, and you just knew something was wrong with him. Um, immediately grabbed that leg, didn't return, eventually came back a few weeks later to play uh, in the NBA Finals. And it was, at the time, sort of applauded for how tough he was and how resilient he was. And obviously, a guy who had never played in the playoffs before getting to play on the big of stage meant something to him it was nice to see boogie play in a meaningful meaningful games it was depressing that he wasn't himself it was depressing at least for me as a viewer to see this guy who was so skilled and so special at 290 300 pounds be kind of just like a big bruising dude and lose some of the quickness and some of the some of the the athleticism that made him such a special player but he was back. He played in those finals games. You know, he had—I want to say it was Game Two of the finals without looking up. But he had one game of the finals where he looked like a real, a, a real force. Uh, I even might have said on this podcast that it seems unlikely that he could do that again, just because um, it's—you know—it's hard for guys who are injured to play consistently at a high level. And he didn't really get back to that one good game he had in the finals. But he made an impact in a game his team won. But even then, with the uncertainty around. Uh, you know what he what what he could bring health wise to the team. You know, not even a full, basically eighteen months or fourteen months removed from an Achilles injury, and you know, less than two months, six weeks removed from a, a serious quadriceps injury. When he hit the open market in July, there wasn't this big um, push for Demarcus Cousins. Uh, there were rumors that maybe the Knicks were going to throw a big one year deal at him, and but that just that just never came to fruition. Instead, he signed a one year. $3.5 million contract with the Lakers. Uh, he was going to start for the Lakers. He was going to be a big part of what the Lakers do next year. Now it looks like almost certainly his season is over, and and quite frankly, you have to think that his career, all told, with what it's been like over this last two years, the Achilles, the quadriceps, and now the ACL, I mean, these are, these are tough, tough, tough injuries. You have to wonder if his career is over. And for me, that's sad. I know that Cousins, for a while, rubbed people the wrong way because he got a bunch of texts and he was whiny. But I think some of that was because he played for the Kings and they're an, they're just they were just a joke of a franchise, a franchise kind of getting out of a decade of of, of being terribly terribly run. Just as this young guy um, who who I don't want to say he had attitude problems. He certainly had an attitude. Um, but when he was good, he was really good, and he—I I just think he wasn't in a situation that was stable enough, um, basketball-wise or front office-wise, to just make him be his best. And so I, I feel like there's a big "what if" with, with cousins, because what if he wasn't a king? What if he was anywhere else? And what if these injuries didn't happen? And he was, um, you know, and 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 he was starring for this Lakers team that wants to, to be, that thinks it can be a, a championship-type team. Uh, that's what I want to touch on quickly before we go to the second segment is. I don't know if this is a huge, huge impact on the Lakers. I think people are downplaying what it means a little bit. I've seen a lot of people say it won't impact the Lakers very much. It will impact the Lakers, certainly, because they just don't have depth. You know, who knows what Cousins was going to bring this year, but what he was going to bring almost certainly was a rotation-level center at the very, very least. Like, his minimum, his, his, his floor was like a dude who could play in the NBA and is also 7 feet tall and 300 pounds. Now their starting center is Javale McGee, who's like a really useful backup, but a pretty problematic center in terms of his limitations. He's he's not a good defensive player. He has no range outside of two feet. I mean, he's just um, he just has real limitations. I think he, I think he could be really good in small minutes. He's not. It seems unlikely to me he could be really good in big doses for a team that has aspirations that the Lakers have. Now, they can probably just turn to Anthony Davis at center, convince a guy who's never wanted to play center that, come on, dog, you are a center, let's play. The best you've ever been is when you played center for two and a half months on the Pelicans. That was the best team you've ever played on. Just try doing that. This is your hope to win a championship. But they'll see, and we'll see what they'd end up doing. And they will probably have to go to some sort of free agent option the Joe Kim Noah's the convincing Greg Munroes to come back from Europe somebody like that Tyler Zeller somebody you know uh, these you know fringe NBA type dudes who are um, you know just there's a reason why they're not they don't they're not employed right now the other thing of this cousin stuff made me think of other than just being sad for a guy that um, lost out on a bunch of money and probably never got never got to realize how good he could truly be in a in a situation where he could truly be his best. Is this is why. Damian Lord and C.J. McCollum signed those contract extensions with the Blazers right away, particularly C.J. He probably sacrificed about $15 million over the life of the deal, but what he didn't sacrifice is uncertainty. He knows he's going to get that money in two years when he's a free agent. He doesn't have to hit the market. He doesn't have to play the what-if game. He knows what the deal is. He's getting $100 million. I don't want to make DeMarcus Cousins' injury about finances it's about a person whose body has failed them, and that, to me, is really, really depressing. But there's certainly a part of that in the NBA. You can't avoid it. All right, in the second segment, I'll play you uh, an interview I did with Lamar Hurd, uh, Blazers TV analyst, talking about where the Blazers fit in the Western Conference. It's a pretty interesting interview. Uh, Lamar's got good insight. But before we get there, I want to tell you guys about Locked On Fantasy Football. Guys, if you're fantasy football players... Make sure you're listening to Vinny Iyer and the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. Then you are the same as everyone else. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. That's Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. All right, welcome back. Uh, As promised, here's a little bit of an interview I did last week with uh, Blazers television analyst Lamar Hurd uh, talking about where the Blazers fit in the Western Conference after a busy July. Okay, so we've gone deep, 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 like a Lillard series ender on the roster.
1: Um,
0: let's let's zoom out a little bit, like maybe come at it from about 60,000 feet. Um, okay. With all the movement in the West, where do the Blazers land in the sort of suddenly more crowded Western
1: Conference? Right in the mix, in yeah. my opinion. I, I mean, like seriously, and I, I don't just say that. Just because I'm a Blazers broadcaster, like I I wouldn't have told you that two years ago. You know, I would have said, "Okay, well, Golden State is the lead, clearly." Um, You know, that's players know it, executives know it, everybody knows it. And this year, what everybody knows is, teams like the Blazers are right there in the hunt, and uh, that that that's why like the remains to be seen aspects of the team is so anticipated because you just want to see does it work out because if it works out and it starts to look good and this team starts looking the way that they did right after the trade deadline when we were over on the east coast for that seven game trip when you yeah. started to think that was it you know, that,
0: that was the moment where, where i was yeah. like yeah this team's really good i was like they're gonna get crushed yeah. they're gonna go two and five and they're gonna be seventh in the west and then they went whatever five and two and it's like okay they're really good
1: yeah, that 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 road trip I think kind of reshaped everybody's perspective a little bit. Where um it's like, wait a minute, there, there, there's no there's no holes, there's no gaps in the roster. You got this Rodney Hood that can score at the three spot any kind of way. You got Ennis coming off the bench. You know Seth is shooting forty three percent from three or whatever it was. Like all these things, and it's like, okay, you know, you don't go and face the Fraser, but. Hmm. So far in the matchup, Nurk has had his way with the Golden State front line. Like that's that's where all of our minds started to go, Right. which was one of the huge you know crushing parts about Nurk's injury. Aside from just him himself having to go through that, is looking at it from the team aspect of man, he he could have been the difference. Um, but yeah, this year, man, it's 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 right there for the taking, and I know the guys know that. So. It's it's encouraging for them for them to go into the season day one and truly believe the words when they say it like we have a chance you know to be able to truly say that and believe it from day one um, just for your mental issues huge it's critical I, I look at I look at the team I look at the two L A teams and I, I I think they have some question marks you know like for one with, with LeBron and AD Got to make sure both of those guys are healthy all throughout. You know that they probably want to do some load management, but how much can you do of that if you are trying to get favorable positioning for the playoffs? And maybe, you know, you look at LeBron's history, he hasn't necessarily had the need for that, but you look at LeBron's history before last year, he also hadn't been hurt. Yeah, and he there.
0: and he also just yeah. hasn't played a real regular season in a long time. Like he's yeah, those those is. Cavs teams will kind of coast into the season, play Correct. thirty play thirty five games of being okay, and then say, "Cool, for twenty games we're going to be the best team yep. in the East," and then we're going to coast again. And, and he just he yep. he hasn't had. I mean, he's the best player that I've ever seen. Um, I'm, you know, I was born mm-hmm. in the '80s. I kind of missed MJ's prime, but like
1: mm-hmm.
0: he, he hasn't in the last seven years he hasn't had a regular season where he's had to push himself and if they're going to get where they want to go he's going to have to push himself
1: got to do it exactly yeah and that's that's a big question what does that look like yeah you know and um you know the clippers they definitely have a lot of talent and all that but i i like the blazers talent you look at the roster from top to bottom and then and then just the thing to always remember is um and you know this covering this team as long as you have is that trade deadline might be pretty active Yep. So, the, you know, the team at the start of the season is not necessarily a finished product. And with the moves that Neil Losey and the front office were, were able to make uh, last year, that was extremely impressive. It was. And, it, it, it changed oh, the whole course yeah. of
0: the team. It, it changed
1: it. They made yep. a couple totally did.
0: seemingly minor moves. They basically turned, you know, Wade Baldwin and Nick Stauskas into mm-hmm. a starting small forward and the best backup center in the NBA. I mean, it was... Um, yep. Who yeah, then ended major. up being a starting center in the NBA and getting into the Western Conference Finals? Like it was, yeah, it was a major. It was a really, it was a big move. It's funny. Neil has said a couple times. Uh, I've said this before. Is like sometimes when Neil talks, he'll lie about the past, but he always tells you the truth about the future. Um, he <laughs> he uh, he said a couple times like. We're this. We're gonna have fourteen guys, and this is the team we're going to start the season with. We're gonna. He, he said that nah. start the season. I'm like, okay, I, I hear you, man.
1: Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, but um, yeah, the West is deep. It, it, it's, it's exciting. Utah. Yeah, I think they're gonna be really good. It's just, it's gonna be a fun season.
0: Yeah, I've said this a couple times, but uh, I I think. Uh, the West doesn't have a clear juggernaut. It doesn't have like a, you right. you cannot beat this team like it's had for the past five seasons. But I think there's Correct. more better teams this year than any of the yeah. last three. I think I think it totally might agree. be harder to get to the championship just because there's more better teams than, than there have been in yeah. the West.
1: Agreed. Every round of the playoffs should be highly competitive.
0: Yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a quick break come back in the third segment and talk a little bit about uh, your approach to scouting Lamar. You've always been a guy I think one of your strengths as a broadcaster is you really understand and have a real nuanced feel for the game. So I want to ask you a little bit sort of how you develop that and uh, and and how you how you scout guys when you're when you're around the game a bunch. But before we do that, I want to tell my listeners that support for today's show comes from Manscaped. They're number one in below the belt grooming. You may have seen Manscaped on Tank, and Men's Journal named their Lawnmower 2.0 as one of the best tools in men's grooming. So get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. All right, welcome back. Still Locked On Blazers, still Mike Richmond. still past first point guard, and we're still here chatting with Blazers TV analyst Lamar Hurd. Um, You were one of the first guys last year, maybe the only guy, Um, to point out that there was a little bit more to Nick Nick Stauskas' game than just shooting. You said, you know, he's got a little Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So how do you go about sort of, like, especially with a new team like this, how do you go about sort of uncovering and finding out about the new guys to learn who's got stuff?
1: Yeah, just watching them, honestly. Like, when I made that comment about Nick Stauskas, it's because I had watched him play in college quite a bit, because Mm -hmm. when he was in college, I was covering uh, the college game. And I remember watching him a few times, and you know, like there's this perception that because you're a white guy and you're a really good shooter, that that's what you do, and like that's kind of all you do. And if you just watch certain handles and certain moves that he was able to make, it's like, oh no, 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 he's he's got some extra stuff, you know. Like I think about it, like okay, if I was guarding him, what does he do that would be tough to defend against? And, and I look at a lot of guys like that to try to gauge. Um, the level of their ability, particularly on the offensive end. And so he was one of those guys where it's like, oh, he, he could be tough to guard. And if he's in the right system, you know, like you'll be able to see more uh, from him. And we saw that early in the season uh, in Terry Stotts' offense and with the Blazers. But for me, I, I just just watch. You know, you, you, you trust your basketball eyes. And I'm not somebody who is anti-analytics or anything like that. But I do know that sometimes uh, the numbers – are a little incomplete. Uh, doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just that you got to take the numbers, which I do. I'll look at numbers. Oh, yeah. Right you're
0: there. a longtime reader of Good, Bad,
1: and Nerdy, man. Where we've, oh, man. I was going to ask, I was actually, I wasn't going to get off of this podcast without asking you why are you bringing that back. I'll, so I'll we'll tr- revisit that in a second. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll, yeah Cause I need, I'm going to need an answer. <laughs> uh, but I, I'll look at the numbers and then I'll just look at your game and see, like, are you good? You know, and that goes back to what I was saying, you know, with basketball players, um, who have either played against players at a high level or have watched players at a high level and are are accustomed to that level of basketball, you should be able to watch and know if a guy is good. So that's what I'll do. I'll spend time in training camp and go and watch a team practice and just see little things like, okay, is, is Anthony Tolliver, is he just a spot-up guy that can just shoot threes or... Uh, oh, can he catch it and give you some pump fakes and maybe you know give you a nice crossover here or there? Can he? Does he have a nice spin move? Those are things you can just see and get an idea of guys' ability, and then from there you start to kind of visualize with that skill set what will he what will he be allowed to do? Right. And we know that in Coach Stock's offense that if you could do something, he'll let you do it. So then you just kind of start thinking, oh, this guy might be good in. X, Y, Z positions, and uh, really, that's that's all I do. I just watch the game and and trust what my eyes are telling me about a guy.
0: One final thanks to Lamar Hurd. I really appreciate him taking time to chat with me uh, for this podcast. That's going to do it for this episode. I really appreciate you guys listening. Tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. They can get this podcast wherever they already get podcasts. That's Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, on the Himalaya app. Hopefully, the next news in August is more frivolous than it is depressing. But either way, I'll bring it to you. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you soon.